0: So today we're going to look at it, another one thing. Five times in the Bible, the Bible talks about one thing. And we're looking at all of those texts. Last week we looked at two of them, so the, the whole series is going to be four messages. But there's five times in the Bible when the Bible t- talks about one thing. You know, life can be pretty cluttered sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to focus on important things because there's so many other things that need to be done. But what if we could focus on one thing? For some of you, that might be a life-changing thing. It might be the one thing that really changes your perspective. It might be the one thing that really changes your life. So the title of the message today is this. One thing I know. One thing I know. And I want you to be able to leave here today saying that. I want you to be able to leave here today saying one thing I know. Now, let me also say that if you're here today and you're not a Christian, have you ever felt like maybe you don't know enough to be a Christian? Have you ever felt like maybe you you just don't have the background that others have and you don't know enough about the Bible and you don't know enough about Jesus to buy into all of that? If that's your case, if that is something that you've thought of, I get it. You see, if you don't have a religious background, then you probably don't know the Bible stories that a lot of us take for granted and a lot of us have have grown up in church and we've heard these stories all of our lives and maybe you've gone into a BSF class or Sunday school class and thought, these people are so beyond me. These people know so much more than I know. And then to make matters even more confusing, sometimes people talk about having a relationship with Jesus and you're thinking, what does that even mean? I don't know how to have a relationship with Jesus. Not even sure what all of that is about. If there's any of that that sounds familiar to you, if there's any of that that maybe even feels a little familiar, or maybe you've got somebody in your family that that feels that way or that thinks that way. They just don't believe they know enough to put their faith in Christ. There is a story in the Bible that might be of interest to you if any of that feels familiar. Today I want to look at a story of a man whose life was radically changed by Jesus, yet this man knew very little about Jesus. I want to say that one more time. We're going to look at the story of a man whose life was radically changed by Jesus, yet this man knew very little about Jesus. Here's what we're going to learn today. The one thing that I can know with certainty is that Jesus has changed my life. And I want you to have that certainty. I want you to be able to say one thing I know. You can have the certainty that the Lord Jesus can and will change your life. So open your Bibles with me to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. As you're turning to John chapter 9, let me tell you why this chapter is so important in our Bibles, so significant. It is significant for two reasons. First of all, Isaiah predicted, in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, Isaiah predicted that in Messianic times, or in, those time, in that time when the Messiah would come into the world, Isaiah predicted that in Messianic times, various signs would occur. And one of the signs of the Messiah would be that he would be a man who would open the eyes of the blind. Isaiah predicted that three times in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, that when Messiah comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. That's that's throughout the book of Isaiah. Now, also, the second thing that's significant about John chapter 9 is this. In John chapter 8, Jesus announced that he was the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12, we read these words. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. And if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. So then we come to John chapter 9, and as a public demonstration of his claim that he is the light of the world, Jesus gave sight to a man born blind. Let's read the story, John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man, or his parents, that he was born blind? The disciples had a theological problem as they were walking through the city one day, and as they saw this this beggar, this blind beggar, probably sitting by the, the roadside there, The disciples had a theological problem that they wanted to ask him about. You see, the Jewish rabbis had taught over the years that there is no suffering without iniquity. Or to say it another way, in their minds, sin directly caused all suffering. That if you were suffering, it was an indication of sin in your life. All you have to do is go back to the Old Testament Job, and you'll see this Jewish concept. The Old Testament book of Job, his friends came to him, and and every one of his friends were convinced, there must be sin in your life. That's why all of this has happened. And, And so when we come to John chapter 9, the disciples see this man who was born blind, and apparently he had a reputation. People knew who he was. They knew he was born blind. He'd been blind all of his life, and so they stopped, and they look at this man, and they said, Rabbi, we need to ask you a question. Who sinned? This man that he somehow sinned in the womb, that he was born blind? Or was it his parents, that their sin was so egregious that he was born blind because of their sin? Who sinned? Which one was it? The disciples were thinking about what caused this blindness. And Jesus shifted their attention away from the cause to the purpose. Look at verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. This man's blindness was not caused by some specific sin, Jesus said. There was, there's no particular sin that caused him to be what he is today. It was not his sin nor the sin of his parents. But instead, God was going to use this to display his glory in the midst of a very difficult situation. So we keep reading the story in verse 4. This is what Jesus said, As long as it is day... We must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now there's a a little bit of a play on words here. I want you to follow carefully this play on words. First of all, you see the word day. Day refers to that time allotted for Jesus to do God's will. While Jesus was in the world, he was the light of the world. And it was day. Day was that time when Jesus was in the world doing the will of the Father. And as the light of the world, so long as he was in the world, he was the light of the world and it was day. And then you see the word night. Night refers to his death. Night refers to that time when Jesus is no longer in the world. Night speaks of the coming crucifixion when Jesus would fulfill the purpose of the Father. And so that's why he says in verse 5, While I am in the world... I am the light of the world. And then the healing of the man born blind would be an affirmation that he is indeed the light of the world, that he is indeed Messiah. So they've had this conversation, and this blind man is either sitting there or standing there listening to everything that's being said. And then, everybody watch this. Then this blind man hears He doesn't see it, but he hears something. Here's what he hears. <coughs> Jesus grabs some dirt from the ground and spits into his hand and he spits into the dirt and the saliva and he forms that dirt into mud. He kneads that mud like you were kneading bread and he forms it into a muddy paste and then he puts it on the eyes of the man born blind. Then he says to him in verse 6, John chapter 9, verse 6, Having said this, he spit on the ground and made some mud with his saliva and he put it on the man's eyes. Then he says in verse 7, Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. John tells us that even here there is a little bit of a play on words. He says Go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the Bible says, parentheses, John gives his commentary. He says that word means sent. In other words, the blind man was sent to the pool of Siloam by the one who was sent into the world. Remember what Jesus said in verse 4? Look again. Go back to verse 4. Maybe you missed it as we were reading. Verse 4. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. So the sent one sent this blind man to the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And when he went there, when in obedience when he went there, the Bible says in verse 7, he went and he washed. He did the two things he could do in obedience. He went and he washed and his life was changed forever because he obeyed the word of the Lord. And the Bible says, and I wish we could somehow capture the joy of these words. The Bible says, and he came home seeing. Can you imagine what that must have been like? You've been born blind. You've always seen darkness. And now, because you went to the pool where Jesus sent you and you washed like he told you to, you went and you washed and you suddenly went home seeing. Suddenly, you went home and you saw your family for the first time. Suddenly, you went home and you saw your home for the first time. He went home seeing. Now, from this point on, watch this. Everybody, let me tell you something. From this point on in the story, there's something I want you to be watching for as we read through the story. From this point on in the story, I want you to notice how little this man knew about Jesus. It's fascinating how little this man knew about Jesus so let's read the story and see what we're talking about here verse 8 <clears throat> his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked him is it that the same man who used to sit and beg some claimed that he was others said no he only looks like him but he himself said I am the man Then how were your eyes open, they demanded. And he replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. And he told me to go to Siloam and to wash. And so I went and I washed and there I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. Would you look in verse 11. You might even want to underline it in your Bible. Would you notice how this man refers to Jesus? The man they called Jesus. He doesn't know anything about Jesus. He he only knows that I think they call him Jesus. I think his name is Jesus. That's all that he knew about him. Just his name. He was healed immediately of his physical blindness, but his spiritual eyes are not yet opened. Physically, he could see, but his spiritual eyes still have not been opened. And the only thing he knows about Jesus at this point is that I think his name is Jesus. Now watch the progression of his faith. This is fascinating as we go through the story. The progression of his faith. Let's, let's see how it progresses. Look in verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees a man who had been blind. And now the day on which Jesus made the mud and opened the man's eyes was the Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, <clears throat> and now I see. And some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Now, let, let me pause there for a minute and help you understand what this is all about. The Pharisees were upset because this man was healed on the Sabbath. According to their rules and regulations, they believed that you were breaking the Sabbath if you healed on the Sabbath. That the only time you were permitted to heal on the Sabbath would be when someone's life was in danger. And clearly, this man's life was not in danger. He was blind from birth. But not only was he healed on the sabbath they were also distressed because Jesus had worked on the sabbath Do you know when he worked on the sabbath it's when he spit into that dirt and he started kneading it like like clay or like uh, bread and when he was molding that clay they said that's work and he's not honoring the law of Moses he's disobeying the word of God he's not honoring God he's worked on the sabbath this man cannot be from God that was their conclusion So we look at the story, beginning in verse 16. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, look at verse 17. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened, and the man replied, he is a prophet. Again, can I call to your attention the progression of this man's faith. The first thing he said about Jesus was, they call him Jesus. He he barely knew his name. Now he's had time to kind of process what what Jesus has done in his life. And, And now when he's pressed again for more information, they said, tell us what you think about him. And this man said, well, I think he's a prophet. Pick up the story with me again. Verse 18, the uh, the Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they ask? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind, but how he, uh, he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know, ask him, he's of age. He'll speak for himself. In other words, the parents were a little nervous about this inquisition. The parents were afraid of of the impact if they said, well, this man named Jesus healed them. So they said, they kind of passed the buck and said, well, he's old enough, he can answer for himself. Ask him. Verse 22, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ or Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said he is of age Ask him. Now we get to the heart of the, of the text. Verse 24 and 25. Please tune in for the heart of the text. A second time they summoned the man, verse 24, who had been blind. Give glory to God, which is a way of saying, come clean. You need to admit here that you're wrong. Give glory to God. They said, we know this man is a sinner. We know. Give glory to God. We know. This man is a sinner. Verse 25, this is the verse I want you to focus on. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I love that. He said, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know a whole lot about this guy named Jesus. All I know is that his name is Jesus, and I think he's a prophet. And whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But I can tell you one thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. You see, he couldn't say a lot about Jesus, but the one thing he could say was what he had experienced with Jesus. He didn't know how Jesus had healed him, but the one thing he could say with certainty is that he was blind, and Jesus is the one who made the difference. This man had what I call a was-now encounter with Jesus. Let me show it to you in the text, verse 25. Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. Get your pen ready. One thing I do know, I was, underline was, I was blind, but now, underline now, I see. I was this, but now I'm not. And the reason is because of what Jesus has done in my life. I was blind, but now I'm not blind. And the reason is because Jesus has made the difference. Is there anybody here today that can say, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And Jesus has made the difference. You see, he was born blind, but now he could see because of what Christ has done in his life. And I want to say to you today that every Christian has had a similar, was, now encounter with Jesus. We're all born in spiritual blindness. Every one of us. Every one of us were born with spiritual blindness. And the Bible is clear that those who are spiritually blind are walking in darkness. Just like this man was walking in physical darkness. He's really a picture of you and I. We too were born blind. Born blind spiritually. Now what do you mean by spiritual darkness? Being blind spiritually, pastor. Well, a person who is blind spiritually cannot see Jesus for who he really is. He's spiritually blind. A person who is blind spiritually cannot understand God's offer of salvation. He's spiritually blind. It doesn't make sense to him. A person who is spiritually blind doesn't even realize sometimes that they have a problem. And a person who is spiritually blind does not know that there is a solution that God provides. They're spiritually blind. Without Christ, you're walking in spiritual darkness. But we all have an opportunity to have a was-now encounter with the Lord Jesus. Let me show it to you in Scripture. You don't need, need to uh, try to find these. Let me just read them to you. Ephesians 5.8. Listen to the was-now uh, in these verses. Ephesians 5.8. For you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of light. 1 Peter 2.10 Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Colossians 1.21 and 22 Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free of accusation. Once you were this, now you're not. And the reason is because of the difference that Jesus has made. Now, let's go back to the story. This man who clearly had a once now encounter with Jesus. Look at verse 25 one more time. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. There's a lot about him, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now... I see. I was blind, but now I'm not. Can I say to you, church, you don't have to know a lot about Jesus to be able to share what He's done in your life. You don't have to be an expert to be able to tell somebody else how Jesus has changed your life. You don't have to know all the answers to explain to someone else how Jesus made a difference in your life. You don't have to know all the doctrines of the faith to or to explain to someone the change that Jesus has made in your life. You are an expert on that topic because Jesus has changed your life. You've got a story to tell because once you were this and now you're not and Jesus has made the difference and you have the opportunity to tell somebody about it and you don't have to be an expert to tell them. Somebody once said, a man with an argument is always at the mercy of a man with a testimony. See, a man or an argument is based on what I think, but a testimony is based on what I've experienced. Nothing impacts the world like a person who says, I don't understand it all, but I am sure of this one thing. I was spiritually blind, but now I see, and Jesus is the one who opened my eyes. Now, can I also say to you, over those in the Life Center, those watching online, as well as the people here, can I say to you, don't expect everybody to affirm your faith. Don't expect everybody in your family to understand your faith. Don't expect that, that all your neighbors are going to agree with your faith. Let's look what happened in this story. Look in John chapter 9, beginning in verse 26. Then they ask Him, how did He do it? Or, or what did He do to you? How did He open your eyes? Now, this this old guy is getting a little bit perturbed. Here's what he says. Verse 27, he answered, I've told you already and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him. The, The word literally means they were throwing insults at him. They were throwing insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. And they said very proudly, we are disciples of Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. Now, this guy who was once blind is really starting to have a little more confidence. The man answered verse 30. Now, this is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Stop right there for a second. Do you see the progression in his faith? At first he said, I I think his name is Jesus. Then he said, he's a prophet. Now he's telling the people, and I think he's from God. His name... Jesus, that's his first step towards salvation. He's a prophet. He's starting to understand a little bit more. He's a prophet. And now he says, and he's from God. This man were not from God. He could do nothing. Verse 34. To this they replied... You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. And the word literally means they picked him up and they threw him out the door. But it also means they probably threw him out of the synagogue or they excommunicated him from the synagogue. Not everybody's going to understand your faith. Not everybody's going to agree with what you've, you've seen. But Jesus intervened in this man's life again. In verse 35, in a beautiful way. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, notice he went looking for him. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and he went looking for him. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when, they found, when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Now the Son of Man is a, is a title that one would use when you're saying, do you believe that I am the Messiah? That's what he was saying. Do you believe that I am Messiah? Or do you believe in the Messiah? So in verse 36, notice that this blind man still has no idea what Jesus is talking about. Verse 36, Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. He has no idea who Jesus is talking about. He's willing to believe, but he doesn't know who Jesus is referring to. Again, this man has such small knowledge of Jesus. Verse 37, Jesus discloses, discloses himself as Messiah. Verse 37, Jesus said, and I've got to believe it when he said this, he had a smile on his face. Jesus looked at this man and said, You have now seen him. And in fact, the one speaking, or he is the one speaking with you. Who is he? Tell tell me who he is so I can believe in him. I've heard about Messiah. Tell me who he is. And Jesus, I believe, smiled at him and said, "You now see him. He's the one that's speaking to you. Listen very carefully. Faith is not just a leap in the dark. Saving faith is an act of the will based on revelation. Here's what I mean by that. Jesus revealed to him, I am Messiah. The one you see, the one you're hearing right now, I am Messiah. Jesus revealed to him the truth of who he was. Now it was up to this man how he would respond to the truth that has been revealed to him. And look at how this man responds in verse 38. This man became a child of God with three powerful words. Verse 38, the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. This man who had been blind from birth finally took the step of faith out of spiritual darkness. And again, I call to your attention the progress or the progression of his faith. I believe they call him Jesus. I think he is a prophet. I believe he is from God. And then when Jesus revealed to him his true identity, I am Messiah, the one you're seeing, the one you're hearing, I am the Messiah you've been waiting for. And he says these words in response, Lord, I believe. William Barclay said, the more we know about Jesus, the better he becomes. This man was born blind, and then he was born again. Born blind, then born again. With three words, his confession of faith. Lord, I believe. Those three words helped him to step out of spiritual darkness into the light of the world. Can I say to you today, the Lord Jesus, and, and this is what hit me in my study this week, the same Lord Jesus that changed His life can change your life. The exact same Lord Jesus. He's still living. He is forever the same. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Lord Jesus who changed His life can change yours. With those same three words. Lord, I believe. That commitment. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Savior of the world. See, I want to say to you today that you don't have to know everything there is to know about Jesus for Him to change your life. For some of you, your faith has been a progression. And being here today is another step toward Christ. And maybe it is the final step you need to take today where you declare like this man declared, I believe. Along the way, you've had this revelation a little by little by little of who Jesus really is. Little by little, you've come to know more and more and more about Christ. And today, you have the opportunity to say those three words that would change your life and change your eternal destiny. Lord, I believe. One thing I know. One thing I know. There's a lot of things I don't know about Jesus, but there's one thing I know he changed my life and He can change yours too. Let's pray about that. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we can't leave today without giving you a chance to say those three words. And they're not magical words. They're what you say from your heart. So You don't have to know everything there is to know about Jesus for Him to change your life. This man knew so little about Jesus. But he knew enough to declare his faith in him. He knew enough to say, Lord, I believe. Maybe God's brought you here today, or if you're watching online, maybe God had you tune in for this very reason. Those in the Life Center, maybe God brought you here today for this very reason. So you could hear about a man who has a journey a lot like yours. A man who is slowly, step by step, starting to understand who Jesus really is. And you've come to the point today where you could say with all certainty, I know that I'm a sinner. And today I know that Christ died on the cross for me. And I'm willing to say those words of faith. Those words of commitment. Lord, I believe. So if you'd pray with me right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, praying right where you are if you've never committed your life to Christ if you've never declared your faith in Jesus today He can change your life radically change your life you can leave this place saying one thing I know I was blind now I see would you pray this prayer with me if you'd like to trust Christ as your Savior would you say these words Lord I believe just say it in your heart Lord I believe I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I believe God raised Him from the dead. I believe that You can and will forgive me of all of my sin. And I believe You'll come into my heart and be my Savior. So today I declare my faith in You. Today I say without reservation or hesitation, Lord, I believe. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for opening my spiritual eyes. In Jesus' name I pray. Every head still bowed, please. Would you, would you just let me know that you've prayed with me today. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to grab you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Uh, I, I just would like to know that you've pr- trusted Christ today here in the sanctuary. Just raise your hand if you did. Anybody, just raise your hand, put it right back down. Raise your hand, hold it just a minute. Hold it just a minute. All right. All right. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Listen, whether you're here in the sanctuary, in the life center, or over watching online, if you've prayed to receive Christ, if you've said those words, Lord, I believe, I, I ask you to let me know or let someone know on staff real soon. Today would be a good time. Just let us know we can rejoice with you and to help you take your next step in your walk with Christ. Father, thank you for what you're doing to change lives. Thank you for the story of this man who, who eventually came to understand who Jesus really is and put his faith in him. May others continue to do that. and We pray that in Christ's name. Amen.